0: hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the shane walsh podcast so today is a really open and honest conversation and it's refreshing to have such an open and honest conversation that's why i love doing these style of podcasts because we can all learn about kind of training nutrition kind of go into deep dives evidence-based all that kind of stuff but sometimes it's actually important to kind of have like a, a real life chat with someone and this one kind of felt like two people having a cup of tea or sitting down for a pint or whatever it meant whatever it may be so today's episode is with online coach and really nice guy matthew mcnab so matthew some of you may recognize matthew matthew was on love island a couple of years ago and then he has also gone on with dancing with the stars which is the irish version of strictly come dancing and he's got very aware of what's important to him, kind of going into his values. So we talk about his story and where he's kind of come from. We talk about kind of like his kind of tactic or cheat code for kind of overcoming stress. We talk about his the lessons and very open and honest lessons he's learned from Love Island and how he dealt with kind of like the comments and the, the, the negative comments while also looking at how he dealt with the positive comments coming out of Love Island as well. Kind of we look at the, the the tools he uses to kind of protect his own mental health then we talk about kind of process versus outcome goals on how to get to your actual goal rather than people just focusing on right i want to lose 10 key 10 kg people forget to do what what do you need to do to get there we talk about how he balances his traveling and how he balances life and how he works around that and then we also talk about getting out of his comfort zone by doing Dancing with the Stars because Irish people are not very known for their, their, their dancing skills. But I think, I think Matthew got the semi-final or the final from what I remember, from what I remember from the conversation. So this is a really interesting chat. It's very kind of down to earth and it was very open and raw and honest. So thank you again for Matthew for, for sharing that. I really do hope that you enjoy
1: this episode with Matthew McNabb. Matthew, how are we, sir? Not too bad, Shane. Keeping well here. Uh, it's a beautiful morning. It wasn't such a beautiful night. The I'm by the coast here, and the rain and the wind. I thought the roof was about to come off this place, like so. I didn't have a great sleep, but I'm here. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm like you. That's why my Wi-Fi went down. We had to delay this a couple of minutes. My Wi-Fi went down. It's like a wind tunnel in this estate. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, now it's good. And you, I, you showed me the view before you came on. Like it's an amazing part of the world that you're in as well. Um, for anyone who isn't aware of who you are and what you do, can you give us a little bit of a, kind of a, a quick story?
1: Yeah, so my background is actually very diverse, to be honest. I uh, did law as an undergraduate. Then I went and went into investment banking. He did that. Uh, then I went to uh, do a master's in business. Uh, love that. Got an MBA there. And then I went to California for a couple of years lived and worked in startups out there and i love that all the while i was doing fitness i've been doing fitness since i was 15 um, and then when i got back from california i got a text well a dm from uh, itv casting studios and they're like "We think you're perfect for a show we're gonna do so i was like all right i'll, I'll do it uh so i went through loads of different applications and it turned out it was love island and uh, i went on love island and uh, made a a three-week cameo. and uh, I remember seeing you on it. Yeah, so that was the start of a mad mad few years. Um, And then once I came off Love Island, I went on Dancing with the Stars, and then I met my girlfriend. She was my pro partner in Dancing with the Stars. And right now, I am working in the fitness industry. I focus a lot on the sort of corner between... um, mental health and physical health. So I think it's key to have the mindset for you to achieve your fitness goals. And that's kind of where I work. So basically, I work with a lot of one to one clients and I basically help them build a healthy lifestyle so they can stay in ship as well as get in ship. And that's where yeah. I'm at.
0: And that, I think the, the mental aspect we're definitely going to go into, because I think if your mindset is set, is worked for a lot of people will try to diet themselves out of a shit mindset, yeah, and that's literally where problems start. And it's kind of like, no, no, no but I need to die. It's like, no, 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 you actually need to understand what's actually going on. We're going to be talking about stress, but one of the things there you kind of mentioned of being on kind of Love Island, I've, I've spoken to a few people who have been on it. And I remember talking to Chris Williamson. No. Was, I think Chris yeah. was on the very first one,
1: yeah, he was way back,
0: yeah. So he's he's kind of old school, old school Love Island. Um, and one of the things that you kind of talk about openly and honestly is kind of the lessons that you've learned from it and from that experience was there any massive ones that you can kind of kind of share with us
1: yeah i would say the biggest one for me was that everyone will have an opinion of you but nobody is right and it uh, it's quite strange to hear that because you're like I want the positive ones to be right, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, like, yeah, but if you can't so take the variations. negative, you can't take the positive. Yeah, exactly. There's At the end of the day, we're all human, and there's going to be a bit of negative and there's going to be a bit of positive, like no matter how good your intentions are. But I feel like it's a good omen for life because I would be getting, after I come out, I'd be getting uh, messages and DMs and all this stuff. And they'd be like, I love you, I love you, I love you, all this. And you're like, but I've done nothing for your life. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? And there it's the what I think of it is like this here. It's kind of a, like a broader lesson for life because if you get taken up with the highs and then you see one low, you're gonna be just drudged to the floor and you're gonna just feel awful. And remember that day, I was like, I was getting so much praise and stuff because I was myself on the show and I showed a good account of myself um and obviously with that i got good praise and stuff online but then there's this other uh person that you get trolls and stuff and one of them was just really negative towards me i was like am i that person blah blah, blah. so i felt really terrible and um, and then i realized i'm like what the hell this was like a day or two out of the, the villa so i didn't know how to deal with it at that stage but n- now or like a couple of days after I realized that it's just the simple case of uh, perception is reality. So I always use this example. One, there could be one girl in front of me and she thinks I'm the most beautiful person that's ever lived. And then there's another girl right beside her. And she thinks I could be the ugliest person she's ever seen. Neither are right, but that's just their perception of me. And it doesn't change who I am. I'm just me. I'm just sitting here just being me. I could be, I could be anything in the world but I'm just me and there's no point in taking outside opinion for for that uh, it should be just my internal voice so that's my biggest lesson I think it's
0: very kind of it's very self-aware and it's very kind of poignant at the same time because I think we can as a society we can all get kind of caught up with like it's very easy for me to kind of look and read reviews or kind of look at the DMs and saying like, this is amazing or whatever it is. But then you get the other kind of comments. Recently, I was on hey TikTok and I went on it recently, I put up something and I was told because I was a man, I wasn't allowed to talk about menstrual cycles. Oh no, God. And I was like, really, are we going down this? Are we bringing in my gender into this? It was basically, uh, yeah, I like that only happened last week. I I just threw me off a little bit. I was like, really? Is this person really that unhappy that they have to sit there typing? Um, And and I think that's the big thing. It's kind of like, I think the only answer you can really give at that stage is I really do hope you go and get the help that you need. And then they get (laughs) like almost kind of like they get thrown off because they're looking for a row. They're looking for a fight. Um, Yeah, exactly. Did you kind of, is that always been kind of like that way? You're kind of like, you're very kind of like, in the middle and you can kind of kind of take a step back and kind of analyze things or was that something that has you you kind of felt that after love and you're kind of say right I can deal with these highs can deal with these lows or was it always a thing that you were able to do
1: no I actually I I can truthfully say this has kind of been my personality for a lot of my life like and I think I maybe comes from my mom she's very balanced she always talks about uh being in the middle she never gets too high and never gets too low i always think she's high like because she's a (laughs) lot better but like she's like nearly she's like 67 and she can do six minute miles and stuff and she's Uh up at like like flipping five o'clock in the morning just doing dishes and doing everything she just never stops she looks like she's 40 she's crazy but um yeah i think it's always been the way i've been um but That being said, I've definitely developed it through life experiences. And I know we were talking about before, um, my sort of cheat code to overcoming stress. And it was kind of like a cheap label I put on it because it was kind of the best way to describe it. But it's uh, all based on like Stoic philosophy. I know people are like Stoics are like born just meditators. It's not. (laughs) not what it is. Yeah, yeah. So The phrase problems or opportunities came into my life when I was um, like a couple of years ago. And I really studied that and tried to understand what that meant and apply it because I was kind of bored in my life. So I was like, flip, I've got nothing else to do here. So I'll just do that. Um, So I'll tell you a good example of this is when I was in California. Um, I was basically working for this multimillionaire and doing the most boring boring jobs for him i was like doing accounting things i was just doing basically being his bitch um (laughs) i was like oh my god this is so mind-numbing but he would go away to canada and stuff and i would be left to do what all the work so i was thinking and um, I started studying this Stoic philosophy, and then I was like, "Flip, that's really good. And then I started applying that problems or opportunities, different areas of my life. And the overall concept is that you have a problem. With every problem, there is an opportunity that comes out of that problem. So whether that's as small as building mental fortitude through going through this problem or else you'll learn something. There's still an opportunity from that. And that means that you can get better. And that's how you reframe a negative and turn it into a positive. You're like, Oh, I got this problem here and I could, I could just be like negative and I could feel awful about myself or I could go and look to a positive and look as look to see this as an opportunity to improve and be a better version of me. So A good example of this um, was when I was in California. um, (coughs) It was the start of COVID. And sorry, pardon me. (coughs) Um, So it was the start of COVID. And my boss basically laid me off because he was stopping the startup to go back to Canada. And I was like, oh, shit. So I was like, that's fine. I've got like, I'll have like 30 something days to the next check in for the visa thing. Uh, but he kind of screwed me over and just like told them that I was he was no longer employing me. And I was like, fuck. I was like, so they text me or they email me and they're like, You've got ten days to uh find a job or leave the country, essentially. That was wow. the gist of it. This was at the start of COVID and I was like how I was, in, it's hard enough to get a job in America if you're an immigrant, and you have to meet their their gu- guidelines. You have to meet. It has to be this p- specific type of job for the visa. Uh, so I was like, "Oh my god, this is terrible!" And then, not to mention, I, I had I'd obviously taken my rent. So if I left, I had to pay the rent for the entire the rest of the year. I. I was loving it out there as well like I was having the best time ever like I was in Southern California as a single single guy like I was like living my best life and so I was like I definitely don't want to have this and obviously during the start of COVID everything was locked on you weren't allowed to leave leave your apartment so I was sitting in my apartment like stressing and then I was like all right I can either stress here and just book flights, pay 1,500 quid to go home and just see this as like complete failure and just be pissed off because I only got to spend like three months in California or whatever. Or I could try my best to stay level-headed. I can try and find a job, work and use this as an opportunity to show um, myself how strong and mentally strong I am. And that's the way I framed that in my head. So it wasn't a negative where I was like, "All right, this is this is doomsday." This was in my head. This is a positive where I can show myself what I'm capable of and give myself more confidence. So what I did was just basically try everything. Get a job within nine days. I got a job, and I was like, "That that problems or opportunities." Completely changed my mindset and completely. You could say that completely changed that. I outside of my life really because if i had left home or left for ireland back then then i wouldn't have become the person i am i wouldn't have had all the amazing opportunities that i had in san diego i wouldn't have met all the amazing friends i had and my life could be in a completely different direction so i'm very very grateful that that mindset came into my life yeah it's
0: kind of leading into kind of everything happens for a reason i don't know that i know some people that can be taken and misconstrued in very other ways and all this kind of stuff but it, and i and i know i would tend to agree with you on that from my own background of getting sick and kind of leaving the corporate world and going into doing this like i was like looking back five years ago I had hair one that was one thing and then the the, the the completely different way of looking at things and things do happen for a reason I think it is important to, to kind of have those lessons uh, out there and then you kind of you went on to um I remember I had Aiden O'Mahony on who was on Dancing with the stars as well oh, I think, yeah. think Aiden won it um yeah, one does. of the years uh which doesn't surprise me I haven't <laughs> had the chat with him um how much of like out of your comfort zone was that for yourself obviously there was a massive everything happens for a reason that happened at the end of it um but how much of a comfort zone was that for what and what kind of made you do it
1: oh yeah that was more uncomfortable for me than love island like way more uncomfortable yeah that was that was like oh i can't even describe it see the the feeling of being a complete idiot and i mean i had two left feet i i I was I'm six foot six two left feet and I'm obviously not the most agile in the world so this was going to be a challenge like I'm basically Tony Adams on Strictly right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a great comparison
1: exactly so that was the way I was so I was like all right this is a challenge but I've got this weird thing in my mind where I have to do one thing every year that terrifies me and it comes from the store philosophy again i know i'm like a broken record here but it's like the other side is uh, other side of fear is freedom and uh that's i've actually got that tattooed on my arm as much a douche as i am um but it is changed my life as well where it's go go towards your fear go towards something that makes you uncomfortable and you the other side of that you'll become a better person you'll become you'll have more opportunities you'll become stronger mentally Become more confident, everything. So I was like, "All right," I did Love Island uh last year, pretty much, and go kind of Dancing with the Stars is this year, and I that's what prompted me to do it. So I did it, and I can truthfully say I really developed mentally from it, and I got a lot of skills from it. Obviously, I got another positive, which was my girlfriend as well. So
0: yeah, very big positive there. I yeah, because I, dancing even at a wedding. Is kind of like you feel awkward enough. And then to, to, to have the population of Ireland and whatever the amount of people that will be watching that show in Ireland is quite scary. So <laughs> and also
1: the outfits as well. Yeah, I got into it a lot. I and was a lack of outfits. Yeah, the outfits were crazy. There was one there is uh the Pasadoble uh one, which was like you had to go on like a cape kind of thing, and it was I was like six foot seven because I was wearing hooves and oh, yeah. stuff and i had to wear eyeliner so i had the guy liner on and i was i was loving life actually i felt that was like week seven or something but i I was loving it by that stage like and i got to the semi-final you know for somebody that's, who can't dance too bad so yeah i was really really uh happy with the overall experience of it like
0: oh, that's class and i know one of the big things that you kind of you massively value anyway from what you've kind of you've spoken about there is the element of travel Mm-hmm. I know you've kind of since things have opened back up, thankfully, uh, you've been kind of out and about and you've been kind of going on trips away and meeting people and enjoying living your best life. How do you manage to find that? Because this is one of the things that I I, I know kind of clients can kind of get a little bit kind of bogged down in of trying to find that balance from training to being kind of like, I hate the words or phr- phrasing of on plan yeah. to kind of going into kind of holiday mode where it's kind of like this freedom element to it yeah there should be some element of freedom with your diet in the first place um so how do you kind of manage that kind of travel element and link that in with kind of like your fitness goals because the fitness has obviously been a part of your life for a very long time and yeah so be interesting to hear your thoughts on that and what little tactics you kind of impl- uh, kind of part with clients
1: yeah so uh first of all i i I go, I travel a lot, but I don't really have holidays, if you know what I mean. I don't yeah. go like, you know, this is me completely off. I'm doing nothing for the next two weeks or whatever. I, my idea or my flipping, like my dream life is being able to go three months live in this place and then three months live in this place. And uh I've been able to do bits of that in the past, but ultimately that's my, 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 big goal like um so what i do um apart from that if i'm going on a shorter trip as i and i tell my clients this as well as i break it down to the basics like so i don't i don't stick to plan what i try to do is focus on the basics so with every meal i try to focus on getting more protein Uh, i try to walk more which is natural when you're on like city breaks or whatever uh, when you're on holidays because you don't really have a car um and then i try to lift and i i love lifting anyway so that's naturally part of something that i do and normally when i go to these places they've got sick gyms where you can lift outside and do cool things like that so that's kind of the way i did but basically you just want to have fun like you want to enjoy yourself and not take it too seriously. so like i would stick to the your set number of meals so you got like three meals on your diet plan that's what i would try to stick to but eat whatever you want and then just try and focus on eating more protein as well. And then just try to walk more, be more active, just break it down to the most simple basics of what like fitness is. It's moving more or fat loss rather It's moving more and eating, eating like less, I suppose, like or eating just normally, you know? And what about kind of like the expectation when, when kind of clients come back, like a lot of
0: clients I think will be in two headspaces of the expectation that the scales will be down. And then there's also the expectation of it's not as bad as I thought. There's two, there's two clients that kind of come in through the door and you're kind of like, well, neither of those mindsets are amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think the most, the key thing for, for everything, that's what I do is just the lifestyle and it's just building habits. If you can do the right habits don't focus on the skills and focus on your progress pictures as well. Like I think they're a much better measurement, Uh, but in general, the skills will fluctuate to a certain extent. As long as you're not like came back 20 pounds or 30 pounds over, you're probably all right. Like, Uh, and just get back in your habits and your daily lifestyle and within no time you'll be back to you know your normal weight. but i tend not to focus too much on skills because i think it's like an unhealthy sort of measurement obviously it's useful uh but i don't think it's incredibly useful i think a combination of like your profile picture or your progress pictures all that is a much better way to use that and but yeah, I think it's it's really just building a healthy lifestyle is the main thing because you'll get back to it no problem. I really like the way
0: you've broken it down into kind of just focusing on the regular meals, getting protein or veggies in there. And like anyway in holidays, you'd probably be swimming anyway. Or, like as you said, you'd be going for your walks if you're on city breaks or you'd be at the beach and just walking around to kind of try. like you're you're getting unintentional exercise. It may not be and if you want to train, train. If you don't want to train, don't train. It's completely up to the individual. And I remember I heard uh Jordan it over in America, he was kind of talking about when clients come back from holidays, he's kind of like, if you haven't come back, having a little bit more weight on you after a holiday, you are you haven't enjoyed your holiday. And I was kind yeah. of like, thinking about it that way, it's kind of like, it makes sense because you want, you've want you kind of like, you've put a lot of, you've worked hard to probably to pay for that and you want yeah. to be able to enjoy things, but it's like, there's no point in being, feeling guilty afterwards because guilt yeah. means you've done something wrong and having fun with friends or family, whoever it may be, is there,
1: um, a, and exactly that's the point of a lifestyle as well if you yeah. want this to be a lifestyle if you want to do a 12-week program do a fucking 12-week program but you're you're wasting your time in my opinion because ultimately with like a just 12-week program uh you're gonna go back to your old routine like if that's the way if you think oh 12 weeks i'm gonna be in great shape and that's me then you're going to go back to your old ship and then you're going to have to do another 12-week program another 12 whereas you make it a lifestyle like a good lifestyle make it a balanced sustainable lifestyle then you're going to be able to stay in shape like get in shape and stay in shape and that's ultimately what everyone so that's the reason i've been able to stay in shape pretty much my whole life like i never get crazy like like fat or crazy skinny well Sometimes. Um, but it's generally generally just building a lifestyle. And I think who wants to be going away and not like enjoying themselves? Like you like you want this to be part of a life where you actually have your family, you've got your career, you've got your fitness and your health all entwined. All this needs to be entwined and you need to enjoy it. So you need to build sustainable habits and you need to build ones that you can like basically do when you're having a bad day, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, and I think it's, it's expecting, like, I think a lot of people can expect or can may not want to expect or don't know how to deal with those kind of lower days or think that, like, it's not normal to have a lower day. We all have them. Like, I know I haven't already slept last night, so I'm going to know I'm going to hit a wall really hard at 2 <laughs> o'clock. I know I'm going to need a nap at about 2 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, And I need it. Um, But I think it, it is important to, like, if you, And one of the things you talk about a, a lot, you have spoken about on your podcast as well, which is kind of process goals versus outcome goals. Yeah. And you talk about
1: that kind of, I know it's kind of similar to what we've been yeah. talking about. You, but no, A little true. bit more. Yeah. So uh, basically the way I look at it, and it's, as you said, it's kind of linked into what we were talking about is that your outcome goal is I want to look like this. I want to look flipping amazing or I want to be two stone lighter or whatever. Your process goals is what daily repeated tasks do you do to get there? And I focus on process goals because ultimately, if you focus on your outcome goal, then you're just going to be able to like essentially like what good is it doing? Whereas if you say, okay, ticked off, daily walk, ticked off, you know, at high protein meal or went to the gym, that should be your goal. So your week you should look at it maybe more weekly. And say, so I have to do seven daily walks. I have to do seven, you know, meal prep days, whatever. If you take those and put those as your goal, or if you could do it on a broader scale, you do it for the month. Then that means that you're going to be able to focus on the process itself, which is the most important thing, and because the process is what gives you the outcome. And the way I I see it is, you'll get to that outcome eventually. You could do it in a shorter time or else you could do it in a longer time, but you'll get to that outcome eventually. But if you focus on just the outcome, it's too far away in the distance. Most of the time you get demotivated and you're not real. It's kind of I, I sort of listen a lot to Andrew Huberman and stuff about dopamine and you're not you're you're rewarding something so far in the distance that you're just going to become demotivated where if you reward yourself with daily repeated tasks and your process goals then that means you're getting a slight dopamine hit every time you can complete a small daily task and that gives you a reward for the process and that means that it's become a lifestyle and essentially this is why i tie it into habits as well as where you're doing it for I don't know. Science says it's 21 days to build a habit. Um I don't know how reliable that is, but uh, we'll I've just heard keep... even bigger numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in there. It's probably different for everybody, but it's in there. So as long as you can keep going doing your process goals for for like say stretch that period, I say 6 months, then you're going to be a completely different person mentally and physically. And that's what we want. It's interesting you talk about kind of like that dopamine hit uh, when you're kind of
0: doing a task or you have a goal in mind. I think an awful lot of people think that you get the dopamine hit when you reach the destination. Yeah, It's actually you're getting it as you're doing it. I remember hearing an interview with Mario Mario Goetze, who scored the winner for Germany in the World Cup final. And it was kind of like he could never get that high again um, on scoring that winner it was all that it was all that build up Like was 21 or 22 when he did that yeah if he if even that age and then since then he wasn't able to match up to it and Mm -hmm. there was a little bit of a drop off in his career no offense to him he's done pretty well um, for himself but it is that and then you also mentioned kind of like breaking your life into different kind of sections of kind of family friends finance career whatever it may be i really like that idea because i think too many people are are focused on only one area and they forget the other areas. They don't necessarily have to be 25%, 25%, 25%. They can be other percentages. Yeah. But it's important to kind of have be a lot. I think a lot of a lot of people get lost and aren't aware of what they actually value. Mm. They, f- they value too many things that what other people expect.
1: Yeah. Exactly. But they
0: don't necessarily value or know how to value what they actually want. And then when stress or someone something happens in life they get forgotten i think that's what happens for an awful lot of people because they just want that kind of like kind of want other people to kind of to kind of um give them that kind of like i don't know reward or like armor on the shoulder yeah. or kind of get a little bit more of a comfort it, it's weird how humans work
1: yeah it's a lot of it is linked to dopamine as well yeah. which is really interesting like if you can change so Basically, what Andrew Huberman, he's a scientist in Stanford, has studied this his whole life, essentially. And um, dopamine is your, for the audience, uh, is the molecule in your body that um, essentially pushes for drive, is your drive in life. So essentially, if you can use dopamine more effectively, whereas Mario gotsa is that how you pronounce it? Mario Goetze. Goetze, you're more cultured than me. <laughs> I was watch too much football. That's the problem. Yeah. Mario Goetze had a massive dopamine rush, probably the highest anybody could have in their life. And their his dopamine will never be the same because it's so high. So if you, if you take your body goal or whatever as that high for you, you're going to feel... But worse the day after you achieve it if you realize that and then you'll feel worse and worse and so that's how dopamine works essentially i'm butchering the explanation of it whereas if you basically can reward yourself for the process so you reward the daily tasks and use that as your dopamine hit then that means that's sustainable and that's how you're going to create a growth mindset and that's how you're gonna basically just keep on going and improving and improving that's what the greats do that's what roger federer does that's how they've been able to stay so good that's how T- tom brady does it you know he focuses on one percent every day focusing on how can i make this better doing this daily task doing this that's how the greats are made and that's how you improve your life and yeah. become the best version of yourself
0: i remember hearing about jerry seinfeld uh the famous comedian so if he was kind of looking to obviously you kind of run out of jokes eventually like there's only so many jokes in the world but what he used to do is mm-hmm. make sure that he wrote a joke every single day and he'd he have a calendar in front of him and kind of like make it that every single day he wrote a new joke and ticked it off on the calendar with an x and by the end of each year he had to have the 30 31 days or 29 days whatever month it is has to have every single day marked off on an x and that was his way to be accountable that was the way he pro- he focused on the process yeah and one of the things that I can work, I sometimes work on clients. So it's, is if someone has like, say, 12 weeks until they have their wedding or whatever, it may be. it's like, right, in that 12 weeks, what's coming up? How many nights out? How many hens or sags do you have coming up? Right. We know what we need to prepare for that. How many sessions do you want to get in between now? So you've got 12 weeks, three sessions a week. That's 36 sessions you need to get in. If you miss one session in a week, well, then we try and Uh, kind of get it in elsewhere so some people are a little bit more orientated that way if you're Mm -hmm. someone who's like an engineer or an accountant that's probably the way you work other people be like that's too overwhelming they don't like to kind of like plan why do you feel that too many people or a lot of people don't like that kind of feeling of planning things out and kind of want to be a little bit more free from things because it's a it's a massive thing
1: yeah, I suppose um it's all personality types and I I love planning. I'm a planner like. Um, I love strategy. That's kind of what my 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 overall I get so much like dopamine I suppose uh <laughs> from strategy doing like, little strategies and stuff. And um, so it's definitely down to personality. Um, but I think most people like or a lot of people like a little bit of what's the word? um spontaneity in their life and um I'm the same as well because I if I do like my routine every single day in the same place so say for example I'm at home for like three four weeks even that little like I get itchy feet and I'm like all right I want to move country (laughs) to spice up my routine so I, I do think it's key to have like certain core habits what you do every single day. And I do them as well. I've got a habit tracker. It's really crap. Um, but I've got a habit tracker and I basically kick off them every single day. So mine's like wake up before eight a.m. 8 and meditate, whether um, and then what's the other ones? Uh, post value on my fitness account. And then the last one is no social media before 10 a.m. So I have done all those for like 60 days straight or something along those lines. And what I uh, do with this is, um, it's not as impressive as it sounds, and anybody can do it. Is what I've learned from like studying habits and stuff is if you do it or even think about doing it, even to the smallest scale, that's how you're going to be able to keep going with it. So, for example, with meditation, some days I'll literally think about it and like, fuck, I haven't meditated. I'll be like, that's meditation. Yeah. Meditation a lot of people think it's like sitting there like the Buddha with yeah in the yeah. yoga pose but it is something as simple as even if you're in the shower take a yeah. of breath in yeah and so I count that as my meditation and that means that I've got a tiny dopamine hit for continuing that and that's my habit continuing and that's how I continue to do those habits and that's how I eventually get that as my lifestyle and that's the person I am you know and the person that, that meditates and the person that doesn't look at his phone before ten a.m. And I evolved to be a better version of myself through those habits, and that's why Atomic Habits. You probably read it, you know. You yeah. obviously do it with your clients and stuff, and all is so so mind changing for me, just mind altering. So like Stoic philosophy, like Atomic Habits, and um, all that stuff, like building those habits, building those lifestyle, has just completely changed the person I am, and I, I really value it. Like, um. And you you actually said something about uh, how, uh, I think it was, how do you uh, um, protect your mental health? And I was thinking about this and I was like, I don't really i i'm like i i, I was I think thinking I'm just going come. yeah no i was thinking about this and i was like i never really get to a point where my mental health is really that bad and i thought about it a lot and i was like you know the reason for that is because i'm proactive about my mental health i'm actually i don't see it as mental health i see it as like your your mindset so if you've got the right mental framework in there to deal with Stressors in your lifestyle every single day, then you naturally just brush them off or you like push them into a positive. For example, that problems as opportunities type thing. If you can do that, or is like, what can you control? What can I not control? If I take a situation like that there, or if I'm exercising every day, I'm doing things that I'm like, I'm, I think are good for my overall well being, then I'll never really get to that point. It takes something massive for me to really struggle. You know, so I think being proactive about your mental health and your mindset is the best way to be preventative about your mental health. I don't know why I completely switched that on you, but no, but I know. So it was.
0: I think it's an important. Like I say, well, it was. It was one of the questions that I sent over to you before, and I think I'm always kind of cautious about mental health because I've had my own massive struggles with it. But mine was situational. It wasn't the chemical imbalance that a lot of people can have. Yeah, Um, but I think. For you, you've kind of, you've t- kind of taken it from a different perspective. Of right, if I do this daily to protect my energy, everything else will follow. And yeah. there will be lower days, but if I stick to these routine on these lower days, it will eventually pull me out. But a lot of the things that can happen for some people is they don't really have a process, or they don't. They're one, they don't really know what their values are because they haven't been taught it or don't know yeah. how to get to it. I think it's important to understand that. But they also don't have kind of like these daily tick the box exercises that like most people are like, right, I know I need to get the kids to school or I know I need to do X, Y and Z at work. Great at creating to do lists. But if you look at the to do lists, most of them are these little like little silly jobs that don't really need to be done. Yeah, probably could outsource some of them or ask for help Mm -hmm. or you could just get maybe give the kids like a a quid or a euro or whatever to like clean Mm -hmm. their rooms or teach them how to cook an egg or something like that that could kind of ease time for you but i think it is important that you've kind of said that right this is what i do daily that's going to help me daily but i think it's uh, the 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 social media thing is is a is a massive one because you can get you can get you can get kind of caught into it of Mm -hmm. first thing you look at in your phone in the morning the last thing you look at at night and a lot of people have got caught. In that I had um, Harriet Harper on a coach over in the UK, and she was like, "A lot of people could do a lot, an awful lot better in protecting their own mental health yeah. in relation to not watching other people's lives or not watching what other people are doing, because what you're doing there is just going to end up gossiping about them, and you're not really proactively looking after yourself." I know as and. She was so She was so like, I shouldn't have said that after the episode. She was like, That could be coming across as a dickhead comment.
1: Like, yeah. she was freaking out I, completely. Yeah. No, I think she's 100% right. Um, I'm not that, uh, uh, self aware to judge myself on that. <laughs>
0: but yeah. Sure like, that. I, I think there's, there's definitely two as an awful lot of people. And I, and I would always, I always, always recommend like people just please go and talk to someone yeah um because it it I it, it, don't get me wrong it is scary and uncomfortable and but i think the thing that most people fear about it is the judgment
1: yeah and that's um i suppose that's i had a meeting there last week with uh mental health reform ireland i am i'm gonna be doing some promo work for them in december uh but basically uh what we're talking about is the proactive stuff and obviously the later stage stuff. And this was, I was with uh help lifeline last, uh, last October. And they told me the exact same thing. So they want you to reach out if you've before you you're at that critical yeah. stage, they want you to reach out. If you have, if you're suffering like a couple of days, maybe a week in a row. And that's the, that's where they want you to reach out. So I was thinking about this as well. And this is where I come in with, my sort of idea of it is being proactive side is the key from that side. If you can be proactive about your mental health and try to build the the right habits, which are that reward you and basically are good for your well-being, I think that goes a long, long way to preventing the reactive side. And that's what the mental health charities can only deal with so much um, from their side because there's a lot of people suffering and it's on the, the reactive side where the, they're at the critical stage but if you can try and you know limit social media in the morning or the evening if you can uh, exercise if you can get outside if you can socialize um, if you can remove like really negative things from your life then that goes a really long way to actually pre- protecting yourself, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think unfortunately, I mean, I had this, I've had this conversation with a couple of mates recently, and they're kind of, they they've kind of been kind of struggling a little bit. Unfortunately, we're kind of saying, right? Do you need to get to a really really low point in order to kind of change things or to ask for help? And it's it's interesting to see what you think about that because i have an opinion on it and other people have opinions on it but it'll be interesting to see where you sit on that
1: yeah i think um sorry what was your question again there sorry so
0: if someone is gonna do
1: you need to get to a very
0: very low point or something drastic to happen in your life in order to really change things so like going after to protect your mental health or going to talk to someone or yeah. do you probably should do what you're kind of talking no
1: i i 100 think being proactive the way i see uh, mental health is it's the same as your mindset so your mindset protects your mental health it's your framework for looking at life really and that's the way you've got to you've got to evolve and improve your framework for looking at life to protect your mental health and that's your mental health is the same as your physical health it's something that you got to work on and try to optimize if you can have a, a bulletproof like mindset and mental framework in your head then you're gonna achieve so much in life you're gonna it's not just for protecting your mental health and stuff it's gonna be you're gonna optimize your view of life you're gonna be able to see everything in a much clearer light and be able to like improve your fitness you gonna improve your career whatever you want to focus on you're gonna be able to improve that so i look at it as this is an area that a lot of people don't talk about enough and then the mindset side of things is like that's where you're gonna make the difference because what's the difference between somebody who wants to lose fat and somebody actually who does lose fat it's the mindset it's the being able to you know uh do the right habits or look at things in the right way be consistent you know how do i optimize my lifestyle for this year you know that's the only difference really
0: yeah it is it's kind of it's it's kind of like addressing that all or nothing mindset because i think people can kind of get attached to i'm all or nothing or i'm never going to be x y or z and kind of these self-professing stories kind of like end up directing an awful lot we all have these stories and i'll always remember i can't remember what book it was in but it's kind of cool story bro is one of these things that kind of comes into my head or writing it out on a piece of paper left hand side of a page facts right hand side of the page opinion you do saying a 99% of what you actually think about yourself is actually just made up or it's coming from someone else's comment or something that's stuck with you since you were kid yeah. or whatever.
1: Um, I know. That's, that's exactly. Sorry to interrupt you there. That's exactly what meditation teaches you as well. And I always wonder what, what the hell they meant by that. And like, I always heard the, the idea from me, like people that meditate is like thoughts are not your own. And I was like, what yeah, that's- talking about i tried to understand it logically in my head and then eventually like as i started meditating and started doing it for longer periods i really understood what they meant and essentially what it means is that society is telling you so many things you're being told by uh like your your friends your family people on social media like your previous relationships your current relationships everywhere different thoughts and these all feed in to like something that surrounds your brain, like a foggy layer of thoughts that surround your brain. And as you go through day, you'll see something and you'll think of that thought. And you're if you attach to that thought, then it could be negative. And then you're going to uh, like go down a darker path and you're going to be like, oh, I'm a loser. I'm this here. Like I did this, blah, blah, blah. Or I th- they think that of me, whatever. Whereas if you look at it from a meditation point of view and you just breathe and you're like, I don't have to attach to that thought. That's just uh, somebody else's thought that's swirling around my brain and swirling around the outside of my brain rather. Then that's that's the way the the meditation people look at it. I wouldn't call myself a meditator, but that is the way uh, they look at it. I it makes a lot of sense.
0: It does. And I think one of the books that really helped me kind of to understand that kind of mindset is uh, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. I was going to say Robin Sharma, uh, but Jay Shetty, uh, like he talks about an awful lot. Like obviously, he's from the, the kind of like the, the the monk kind of background and he meditates an awful lot. I'm not saying yeah. that's like he does three hours of meditation every morning and Jeez. that's for that works for him yeah but that's not what we're kind of talking about you said it's a simple process i'm just taking a big deep breath in because yeah just recentering yourself kind of right saying "What, what do i actually need right now what yeah. is actually going on right now where is the actual stress in my body is it in my stomach is it in my toes is it is in my chest um i know we are tied for time matthew so uh, where can people find out about your podcast where can people work with you and where can people find out you about you on social media
1: yes so um everything's pretty th- much through my instagram uh, it's at matthew m-a-t-t-h-e-w uh, underscore Macnab, which is m-a-c-n-a-b-b um and my tiktok is all there it's pretty much the same twitter all that crack and my podcast is called chat with matt and um, as was buzzing i got that name and-, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's pretty much where most of everything goes down and um, but yeah Uh, thanks very much for having me on Shane it was great chat it's very interesting talking to you as well getting your perspective so thank you
0: no worries thank you so much for coming on I love having the kind of like the open chats and kind of like that aren't too structured and just kind of having as if someone's just having a pint basically it's kind of felt like so thank you so much for coming on Matthew thanks man Thank you so much to Matthew for coming on to the podcast and having that really open and honest conversation. So if you have enjoyed this episode at all, please do tag myself and Matthew up on your story, share it with friends. And if you've learned anything about it, feel free to pop us a message. As always, if you can review, share, whatever it may be, the podcast, it would be absolutely amazing. And I I know there's so many people listening to it now and it does mean the the world to me for doing that. So thank you so much for listening to the episode of Matthew McNabb and I hope you have learned something out of it.